Welcome to Police the Beat with me, your host, Dr. Vicky Conway. In this side series to Policed in Ireland, we're looking at news and issues and events relating to policing, exploring them in greater detail, bringing you expert perspectives, as well as reflecting ultimately on what all of this means for those who are policed. Today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Helen Hall, who's the CEO of the Policing Authority, who's here to speak to us about a consultation that's underway uh, with the public on the policing priorities for next year. Um, Thank you very much for joining us, Helen. Thanks. Thanks very much, Vicky. Good to be here. Um, Can you explain to us what the consultation is about? Yeah, um, I mean, the Policing Authority, uh, we were created by an act in 2015, and we oversee on behalf of the public, um, you know, what the guards, what Garda, the Garda Shikona do. And, and every year we've established policing priorities. What we're trying to do this year is we're, we're I suppose we're trying to reach a little bit further, uh, into directly, directly to pe- members of the public. Um, and we're encouraging people to, to have their say in what the policing priorities for 2022 should be. So we have this, um, what I'd say is quite a neat simulator I, I did it myself last week it's, it's quite empowering to do mm-hmm. it um, and, and it's really to get people's personal views on what they think the priorities for the guards should be for next year and in a nutshell you know if they go to www.policingauthority.ie they're given 70 points to spend uh, across 24 different policing activities and 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 it is it's interesting and empowering, but not everything can be a priority. And therefore, you've got to make choices. I found myself, in fact, doing it and, and, and I got page one. I was quite happy. You get maximum of five points to spend on anything. And I had spent all my money by the time I got to page three. So I have to go back again. So it, 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 it just, I suppose it mirrors some of the hard choices that have to be made in terms of policing. I mean, do we spend resources on making sure that there are more guards visible or is it important to spend uh, time and attention, for example, on cybercrime or child sexual abuse? So these are the sort of choices that somebody, you know, participating in the simulator will have. It, it takes about 12 minutes to do there's a nice video I, I i i would say that of course but i think it's it quite simply explains what we do what the role or the reason why people should have their say we'd really encourage people of all ages even those under 18 to have their say once they get parental consent um, and i suppose that that's it in a nutshell i mean that's why i'm talking to you today but you know we do this every year but we really really want to get direct uh, views of the public uh, through this consultation yeah, and you mentioned there about the difficulty in prioritizing um different things. Um and and for me there's almost an educational element to the tool as well like cuz people may not have thought about all the different kind of draws that are made on the guards and all the different things that they have to do. So how do like how do why does it matter, you know, how we identify what priorities are important and how does it shape the work of the guards? Well, you know, I mean, as I said already, I mean, not everything can be a priority in life and, and one has to make choices. Um, and, and it's about how, as a public, we, we, the guards are our policing service and it is about us sort of shaping, you know, what they spend their time and attention on that. So they currently have a role in both detecting crime and in preventing crime. So there's an automatic choice. Well, would we rather they prevent crime more or detect crime more? And then what sort of items will so so in the in the consultation for example you know there'll be activities like you know spending time on organized crime drug crime or or for example supporting victims and the vulnerable and and guard visibility so there's constantly choices if i if i choose to have you know 20 guards on the street in a town 
They're not going to be, say, at a desk doing investigations into cybercrime, for example. They're two different things. So it is really, really important, I think, to hear from people because sometimes we make assumptions about what people believe is important. Um, and I, and I think it's, it's, it's critical that we, we involve people's voice in this because it is our policing service. So, so why does it matter then again? I mean, the reason we set priorities each year and the policing authority, that's our job to do is to set the priorities because we, oversee what the guards do on behalf of the public. So how that filters in then, if you set a number of priorities for the year, then the the commissioner develops an annual policing plan and we as the policing authority hold him to account for that. Now, that is not to say that things won't change during the year. In any good plan, there has to be agility and things change and resources move. It's a bit like last year during COVID, the policing plan at the beginning of the year you know, by the time we came to March, we said, look, you know, we, we've got to do a new police, the commissioner's got to do a new policing plan. And so he did because we had to be agile. Uh, and so for, if I take last year as a practical example, a big emphasis by the commissioner in the plan, which was approved by the policing authority, was to focus on domestic abuse because the risk of people being in their homes together, not able to move around, some of the mental health issues that arose out of that, we felt it was really important for the guards to reach in. And they did an amazing job in doing that and trying to do that through their Operation Fuishif. So there's an example of something that was agile. It was a focus um, and it was a focus on a particular element of the community and a particular vulnerability in the community. Um, so there's some of, uh, I don't know whether that answers your question, mm. but that gives you a kind of a sense of some of the choices. I mean, we do have to let the Garda Commissioner get on with it once. I mean, operational policing is a matter for the, for the commissioner. And, and, and I think people sometimes struggle to understand, well, what is the policing authority? You know, you know, what do they do? And I mean, the, the closest analogy I can, I can come to on this is that it's almost like where, if you think of a big company where the, the commissioner is like the chief executive and then, then he reports to a board on a monthly basis. The policing authority is, is in some sense that oversight that a board would give to a chief executive. So you approve the strategy, you approve the priorities, and then you let him, him or her get on with it, but you hold him to account on a monthly basis. So that holding to account is important. And I mean, listening and, and transparency is really important. So all our meetings, the minutes are on our website. You know, every second meeting's in public, it's streamed live, people can watch back on it. Um, and, and there's a variety of things. So these policing priorities that we're consulting on today on our, on our website, they're sort of the starting point each year for saying what's important in 2022. And we're, we're giving, we're giving the public an opportunity to have their say in what's important in terms of the priorities. Is the public perspective the, primary input into deciding the priorities or are there other inputs? I, I think there's there's a lot of inputs. I mean, you obviously we would consult with the with the guards themselves as well as what they believe is important and the commissioners part part of this conversation. Um we we do we already have done and, and continue to do outreach across the community, across organizations and particularly in COVID uh, I mean our outreach work became really important. So we're we constantly listen to you know, groups of younger people, groups of people in diverse um, in diverse communities, uh, people who have different perspectives, maybe. 
And that all of that knowledge feeds in. Also, policing performance. What happened last year? What's important? Are there particular problems? Are there particular recommendations for change that you really want an emphasis on? I mean, one of the things that the guards are, are it's probably the biggest change in, gosh, since the start of the guards, is the, the new operating model, the way the guards are going to run their structure themselves, which is about... I suppose looking at having 19 divisions across the country, moving away from a, a local district model, which is part of what came out of the Commission on the Future Police, is part of that discussion about the reform. So that's something that that's part. So, so some of it is about the requirements for change, but listening to the public is equally important because if we think, oh, well, you know, people's fear of crime, people feeling safe in their community, that's the most important thing to us. You have to then... I suppose, structure and, and have the service operating consistently with that, you know. So once those priorities are decided, then like somebody should be able to look at the policing plan next year and, and see that that's shaping the work of the guards very directly. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Because the priorities in a way are the starting point, you know, um, and then the annual policing plan is developed. And, and then, as I said, the guard, the commissioner then and his and the, and the, the organisation gets on with implementing that plan. Um, and we hold them to account. So, yeah, you should be able to see if, for example, we think that, you know, um, and I use the example again of, say, sexual offences or child sexual abuse is a really important thing. That should that should figure in the policing plan and the policing priorities for 2022. We should see that as, as a member of the public. And, I mean, you know, I've, I've done this consultation myself and I found myself saying, well, it's really important. I live in a, in a, in a relatively rural area and I want to see more guards. And that, so I, I gave that lots of points. And then I started to say, well, OK, that's maybe what I want personally but maybe actually I need to take a few of those points and give them to something else and I found myself giving them to other things so you, you find yourself it's quite interesting as you go through the consultation you, you find yourself making some choices on behalf of the wider public not just personally it, it, it's really interesting and hopefully the tool makes it um, a bit easier to do and, and you can actually see your your 70 points being spent and you get this power to move things around you know yeah I mean I find that really as you say interesting but also it, you know, it's a little bit challenging and, it, and it, it does kind of engage you rather than just saying what's important to you, give me a list or exactly. pick from this list. Yeah. It's about literally prioritizing which are the more important bits. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. you'd find if you were to look at the list of 24 things, you know, there isn't probably isn't one of them. You say, oh, no, don't do anything about that. You, you almost think that there are, you know, but but yet when you actually have to assign points to them, you start to get, oh, well, that's slightly more important than that. And that nuance, which is in reality what the guards have to do in choosing where they, and, and I just think that, that, that the, I suppose the external voice, that's the reason we've been asked to set the policing priorities, is is to is to say that, well, it shouldn't just be set by the guards. It needs to have, have the voice of the community and the voice of the public as well. Um, and I suppose that's part of our role in terms of setting them in the first place. Yeah, and that is a really important point that this isn't, you know, it is about drawing together all of those diverse um, inputs because, yeah, it shouldn't just be what the guards say. But I mean, equally, I would say it shouldn't just be what the public say because the Agreed. public might it's be worked up about a particular thing. And it could be a moment in time as well, Vicky, that, that one might be very, depending on what's going on at a particular time, I, I might be much, much more worried about something today. But if you ask me three weeks time, actually, you know, so, so some of that is about, so it's not, as you, as you rightly said, there's a lot of inputs to this. And some of it is about, you know, things that we know in terms of the, of the actual data on 
policing performance and, and actually crime as well and what what is becoming a greater worry or a greater risk as society changes as well. So there's a whole lot of elements in it. But that voice is still extremely important because we mm. can make assumptions about what people may think or what they believe. And, and I think we really need to listen. Yeah, because we can, you know, you can have stuff in social media or the newspapers, but certain voices might be louder. And it's important to hear all of the voices yeah. um, in yeah, that. Yeah. And but like one of the questions that I look, I you know, I'm a member of the authority. I've sat at these meetings and, and been involved in some of these decisions. But the idea of deprioritizing something, that sounds like a really challenging, you know, it's very easy to say these are the most important things. But does that mean that ultimately in a given year, we might say we're going to put less effort into A, B or C? Is, is that really I, feasible? I think it, it I, well, I think you have to. I, I actually think that, it can be it can be a brave thing to do to say I'm not going to do I'm going to do less on that because this is more important. But if you can if you can rationally stand by why you're doing something and why you need to divert resources, the reality is, and I think that's why it's important. Um, it's, it's important to not necessarily have poli- politics in policing and to have that independent body like ourselves that are. You know, we're not, we're not, uh, we, you know, we're not, not politically appointed. We're to represent the public. And if you, if you take that away, you know, sometimes those hard decisions to take particular resource from a particular area might be the right thing to do, but politically that might not be, uh, mm. might, might not be appropriate. So it is important. And yes, deprioritizing something is really challenging and it's a brave thing to do. But I think we need to be brave because everything can't be a priority. And some of that can be about learning as well. Like I suppose one that comes to my mind is like obviously a few years ago, um, Operation Thor was, a, you know, which dealt with burglaries um, was a, a huge issue. There was a great deal of concern and very real vulnerability being and fear um, on the parts of members of the community. And a huge amount of effort was diverted to that. But you can, the guards can almost reach a point where a new level of working on something becomes the new norm and yeah. it doesn't take as much effort to do it as well as you were doing. You were yeah, doing. But, but 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 also equally, you should be able to say, well, look, we did that. We did it for a reason. But actually, we've got to not do that for a while now because we need to do something about something else, you know. Um, but But also it is about hearing people as well that if that is the vulnerability and that is a huge key in them in them both being safe and feeling safe mm-hmm. you know the guards do need to, need to listen to that as well because some of it you know visibility is 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 a, is a, always something that we hear when we're going out and that it does make people feel safe in in most communities to see guards around the place and that visibility piece um and it is important to listen to that it, yeah. you know it is because, and I think I'm, you know, and I'm I'm chipping in probably more than asking questions <laughs> now, but like one of the things, you know, would be if we were to solely go on figures, right? And yeah. say, you know, oh, incidents of burglary are up this year or this is down that year. Figures aren't always accurate, right? Like yeah. we can take sexual offences or domestic violence and we know they're enormously underreported. And, you know, at times the, the target for the guards has actually been to increase reporting of that. So... If if we didn't talk to people in other ways and we didn't find out about the incidents yeah. of those crimes, we would know. And I think I think that's a huge part. We we've done a lot of work in uh, twenty twenty, um, and partly, I mean, all all because of COVID, we've expanded our outreach uh, be, because we needed to to assess when 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 you think back to March twenty twenty, where suddenly our liberty was being taken away from us, essentially, and the guards were asked to 
police and help to police a health emergency, there was a huge risk that 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 could be used inappropriately. And we were asked to oversee that. And we did. And we've been reporting for, gosh, now on 15 months on that with our reports in public. But and, and, and the performance of the guards across that year, I would say, has been tremendous overall. But that doesn't mean to say that at times it hasn't been fraying at the edges and that if you talk to certain communities a year ago it was really it was so positive and it was like oh my gosh I feel like you know it's the first time you know I've been treated as a human being was one of the you know that I've been treated with respect that actually it's not just me being stopped everyone's being stopped so I feel more part of my community it's more equal some of that's frayed a little bit and it is really really difficult to, to that challenge of keeping up that momentum and 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 consistency is also a, a significant part of of the challenge for the guards because you know they're all over the country they're 24/7 365 and the challenge of that work and and ensuring that the, that that you know I'm going to be dealt with the same if I'm in Ballyvonian versus Enniscorthy, you know, that, 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 that it is really, um, you know, significant challenge. And then you add to that as well that the guards feel fear. I mean, you look at what happened, you know, last night, um, in, in, in Clonsilla. And, and I mean, I must say just while I have the opportunity, you know, Vicky's just to say, I really do wish the, the two guards who were injured last night well in their recovery. But it just, an incident like that, it's widely reported in this occasion, but that happens more frequently than we would like. And that's what a guard faces when they're going out you know on the beat on a tour and and some of that is you know some some of that consistency piece is something that I think is extremely important that that a member of the public feels like it doesn't matter what community I come from that I should have a consistent service that there should be a level of of the way I'm dealt with that's that's the same across the country as best as best as the organization can do and that's a significant challenge for the guard and that's part I suppose of of a thing that necessarily might not come from the the priorities discussion from the public, but it's something then that we would press in from our knowledge of the changes that can happen. And it goes back then to, you know, what should the priorities be and listening to the public, but also having all those diverse ideas coming into it. And it's as well, and this comes across in the in the consultation tool, uh, for want of a better word, uh, thinking about this in in different ways, that it's not about saying, you know, knife crime in the liberties is you know the priority it's also thinking about at the same time the organization has to develop and and grow and you know there's so much focus on reform of the guards and it's a huge task for the guards to both man man the lights do the day job and do the reform to make everything better and more consistent and achieve all of that yeah and i think the tool does like it opens the public to that that at the same time as as the day job and the fighting crime and the preventing crime and detecting um which are the immediate things we think of when you know if you ask someone their priorities that they also have to do all of this reform work yeah Um, what kind of stuff is on the more immediate agenda for that well on 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 the more i mean if you look at the more immediate if you if you divide sort of the 24 activities they're, they're across four different areas so you've got the crime stuff which is the things you're you know i'm sure your listeners will expect things like drugs assault domestic abuse that type of thing and then community policing about guard visibility and public order and all that but then you have important things like the systems and structures you know allocation of workforce spending time on that like having people in the right place at the right time doing the right job with the right skills and while that might sound like boring management speak it's critically important to have the right people and to have the right support for guards who are out there. So that, for example, if something happens in a small area, 
you know, at three in the morning on a, on a Tuesday, that you've the ability to move in that allocation mm-hmm. to support them at very, very, in a really agile way. Um, and then training of guards, actually minding the well-being of guards, people who have witnessed and who are, who are on our behalf are looking at terrible things. If you look at people even looking at some of the images and child pornography, making sure their well-being, there's counselling. So there's a lot of other things that people will find in here that aren't just about detecting crime. They're about better making our police service a better service. And some of that is about training guards and allowing time for that and, and, you know, even things like ethical policing and about getting in, you know, having a positive work, you know, workplace culture. So there's things again, I think that when people get into it, you're right, they might be a little bit surprised, but the reality is that those things and that reform takes time and takes resources and it is important as well. And while keeping the thing running on the day to day basis as well. And it has to happen in tandem, I suppose. One of the things, you know, there have been questions in the last year, let's say, around policing a protest and it's arising in different ways than it has done. But there have been reports on this and there are recommendations and it's an area they're working on. And there has to be time given to make those improvements and do the work on that or else we come back to the same problem time and again. Yeah, and I do think over the past two or three years, I, I, well, I personally, maybe I, I am a bit of an optimist, a glass half full person, but I do see positive changes from the guards beginning to become more of a learning organization where they can criticize themselves rather than waiting for somebody else to come in and, and look at that. And I've seen some of that even in recent months with some of the reports on the things you're talking about, some of the sort of, some of the, the high profile, you know, evictions or protests where they're actually they're reflecting before we come in and they're, and they're saying, well, we should have done, or we, you know, so, so that there does need to be time to allow that change or when there's learning and reflection that you can then feed that out to people across the country so that it's not just a learning, you know, in, in Bray, if it happened in Bray, that it feeds down to Ballyfert or wherever it needs to, yeah. you know, so that consistency in communication, but all that needs, it needs investment in IT. So the guards get information at the same time. They have the tools at their disposal. Um, so that does come back to, to the boring and, old stuff of systems. And, and, and even and within that, there's prioritizing because it's really yeah. easy to say the, the IT needs updating, but which bit yeah. do you start with? Um, which bit do you start with? And, and, and which bit will give the most? I mean, we also have to look, I mean, it's a public service. Uh, and that public service is paid for out of our tax. And, 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 and that also has to be a cost benefit. You know, is it, 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 and a benefit is not just a financial thing. You know, it is about the wider, you know, what, 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 what as a social good will we get from this, uh, for the investment? And that, and we're often very short termist. And that's why I, I, I really strongly believe that that's why you have an independent policing authority setting the priorities and overseeing the guards is like, it, you know, if you are, it, it's unfair on people who, who need, they have to be elected. You can't allow that. There tends to be a short termism if you have the politics piece. It needs to be sort of that, that independent piece to be fair to people who have to get elected next time around. That's part of their job. Um, and, and you need a long term vision and a, and a patience with that that isn't just about what's happening today. It's about having the patience to say, well, that investment, yeah, that benefit may not be realized for three years, but we've got to do it. And or, or even we've got to taking- deprioritize other things. And taking the the unpopular things as well. I mean, I know there's we're waiting on a report from the Garda inspectors on the treatment of persons in custody. Um, and, you know, that's a difficult area, right? What politician wants to say we're going to really prioritise how we're treating people who've been arrested. It's not yeah. a popular vote thing, but 
it's we have to do it it's a human rights consideration and any of us could end up arrested any day and we want to be treated well so yeah there can be the unpopular things as well yeah yeah no no agreed and it is it it is it is looking at all sides of things it's about the the policing service whichever side of it we're on uh, either as a victim or as a suspect making sure that we have the police service that we want and that it's fair you know and that it's proportional and fair um it, it really really is critical so again, just going back, going back, uh, you know, that's part of why, I mean, I suppose we're really trying to reach out to people and I would encourage people to just to go onto our website today and have a go and, and like have your say as to what should be the priorities for 2022. And we're dipping our toe into this. So we're learning, not saying we're going to get it perfectly right in 2022, but I'd hope that if it works, it's something that we can expand and do and do every year as, as we move along in, in setting these priorities. And the thing is like, I think one of the things that maybe is not so visible is just how much, you know, through the priorities and then the plan, this is the bread and butter work of the policing authority. Yeah. You know, I've sat on the performance committee and literally, you know, the first item on the agenda is how have this month, how have the guards performed against each of the targets they'd set themselves, each of the priorities, what are they doing? And it's these really in-depth conversations with the right people from the right units and sectors in the guards uh, and really drilling in and you know for me it's it's that behind the scenes bread and butter work but the guards know that every month they're going to have to talk about this and discuss how they're performing that's an invaluable kind of input i think yeah no no it's 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 critical and it does go back to uh you know, I suppose the whole notion of the accountability that, that it's important that the organization knows that the policing plan needed to be central. And that's something that I think, and I, I don't know whether you'd agree, Vicky, that that developed very much across the, the first few years of our being. You know, some of the stuff was written in law. And I think certainly by the time we were coming to the end of 2020, that centrality of the policing plan in everything we do. And we did it piecemeal, but now, now it is firmly there. It's firmly in the guards' minds, the importance of it. Um, and that holding to account, it's, it's, it's like, you know, the persistence. It's not like we're just going to ask the question today. Yeah, no, no, we're going to ask that again next month. And if it hasn't been up, we're going to ask it again. The fi- and, and we may, it may be boring and you may not like to answer the question, but we're going to continue asking it until the matter is resolved or until the performance has changed in a way that, that it doesn't, that we don't need to ask the questions anymore. So some of that is, I suppose, as you say, bread and butter and can be considered humdrum, but it is really, really, really important that, that persistence, um, you know, and the accountability for that. And I do think the guards have, you know, like having a policing authority, it was very new in early 16, even, even though many other jurisdictions were decades ahead of us in, in having that public uh, accountability. But I think that over the years, the guards have got used to that notion and, mm-hmm. and they expect it now. And, and as you say, in the policing committee, um, you know, on a monthly basis on the authority that, that how are you doing in the policing plan? What have you done? What are the challenges? You know, what's changed? Um, you know, what are, like, why is the detection rate for X so low? What, what, what can we do? To, what can you do to understand that further? And that that accountability and questioning does also lead to the focus of where attention goes. So it's not yeah. just in the setting of the priorities; it's in the challenging of of the accountability, the policing plan. Then that 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 works as well. It's part of the whole kind of um, you know chain chain of events. But again, going back, policing par- priorities are, I suppose, the starting point. Yeah. And as you say, that agility as well, because you know we've sat in meetings where they'll come in and say, Do you know what. 
we encountered this problem and now we're not going to achieve this year what we thought we'd achieve. Yeah. Um, and but having the practical, pragmatic conversations about those. And I think for me, a huge part, I mean, that that independent kind of oversight is so key, but just the transparency, like the amount of information and the knowledge that the authority brings into the public domain and now the police because they're seeing the benefit mm. of that and that, that people But if you look Vicky this. at our last meeting if you just look at our last month's meeting and, and, and your listeners will be able to, 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 to go back and look at it I mean we would have had the policing plan is absolutely central to it we would have looked at COVID policing but in addition to that I mean we would have we would have had on that particular agenda we would have talked about the Mother and Baby Homes Commission of Investigation we would have talked about you know the use of spit hoods we would have talked about the need to combat corruption in the guards and then the review of the cancer 999 calls uh, completely apart from the routine stuff so that that knowledge of policing in the public domain is still relatively new and, and it is really really important and it's not you're dead right it's not to say that the guards or any organization will always do everything on their plan that, that's not realistic and the importance the importance of agility but it is important to say well I didn't do that but there was a bloody good reason why I didn't you know, I didn't do it because this became more important and this is why and I'm standing over it. And that conversation happening in public and people then understanding, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me too. Or it doesn't. And then being challenged if it doesn't. So um, it is, It is a. you know, uh, I suppose just real, that transparency is, is critical. Um, and, and I mean, again, you know, like if you look at everything we've done so far, I mean, our meet, every second meeting in public, you know, but even the, the the committee meetings that you would have you referred to earlier. I mean, the minutes for all those are up on the website. You know, people can see it. There's a story being told if somebody wanted to track actually. Uh, and I find sometimes actually even when we get a freedom of information requesting, it's like not very much that isn't on the website already. You know, and that and that's a good way to be that actually it is about that transparency and having as much as feasible in the public domain. And like, and that's been. You know, and the guards have come on board with this. So like one of the things, you know, previously we used to get the annual report. Now, because the authority was asking for it, the commissioner publishes his monthly report, which includes an enormous amount of detail about policing in Ireland. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And we haven't even, I think, you know, I think about it from academic perspectives. There's so much that hasn't been researched yet and that we haven't understood fully, but we're getting to a point where we can start to do that. And that's all there available, you know. I mean, if somebody was to is to track even the movements of certain things across those, or even actually to track the evolution of that report from when the, that was first published, another thing that 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 I think was a really positive thing for for the authority, and it has a long way to go, is uh, publication of use of force. You know, that started in now. There's a long way to go. There's a lot more information. And I'm sure we could talk for another half an hour about that, that Vicky. But, but again, it's a starting point, getting it a, a routine and at least that it's there. That's how we started with the commissioner's monthly report. It was, and, and, and you can track the evolution and how that developed to have more information and, and to constantly seek to give as much information as possible to the public. And as you say, you know, the, the priorities is the starting point if we want to think about, you know, how we treat people in custody, then understanding how force is used and knowing about that is essential. So all of these things link back together. Okay, Helen, thank you so much. Helen Hall, the CEO of the Policing Authority. Um, People have until end of 31st. business Monday yeah Monday isn't it Monday. yeah, yeah. Monday the 31st. Um, so policing and it's pretty much the first thing that pops up for you um, it takes about 10 to 12 minutes uh, 
quicker if you if your mind's pretty determined. I think I did it in about six or seven. Um, but it's it's a really it's a really interesting, as you say, niche little tool. Um, it almost kind of gamifies it a little bit, but um, it does make you really engage and interact um, with with what is expected of the police and what we're doing. Um, so I'll say thank you very much to Helen um, and thank you, our listeners, for listening to Police the Beat. Um, we'll have short pieces like this coming up whenever something arises. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for supporting us. Um, spread the word, encourage others to engage. Um, and if you haven't already, subscribe at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack.